The stories that you're about to hear are true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to our podcast, Beautifully Alpha, in which we will talk about whatever the hell interests us. My name is Quinn. My co-host needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyways. Her name is Danny. Our guest is a friend of mine. Due to the topic of conversation, he has asked us to protect his identity. He has been a part of the marijuana industry for over 20 years throughout the U.S. of A. Beautifully alpha, beautifully alpha. Oh, is it not? Okay, cool. It is. It does. Wow, this is so fancy. We upgraded. <laughs> We're stepping up our game. We're being big, playing with the big boys now. Hello. <laughs> Testing. Are we starting yet? Yeah, it's our recording. Okay, welcome. Um, There's a friend of mine. Uh, for the sake of argument, we'll be calling him Tony today. <laughs> and first off, uh, how should we start this? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, and if you don't want to, you don't say the city, you just, a little brief story. Valley. Uh, not, the, not the San Fernando Valley, the other valley in uh, NorCal. Yeah, the city valley. All right. Like, uh, like how'd you grow up? Like, go to school? Um, big family, small family, and how did you get into your career, your profession? Grew up in a big family. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll do this like what we did for Kim Long. Okay. What were you doing today? How was your day? How was your week going in general? Just a lot of work meetings. Anything you're excited for though, work-wise? Um, no, not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's talk about your 20s. How did you get into marijuana? Because that's going to be the main topic of conversation today. And I think it's a topic that I would say the average Joe does not know a lot about. I got into marijuana when I was 16. Um, smoking, buying, selling? Smoking and selling. Selling, okay. And buying. So. Where'd, you, where'd you get your stuff from? Did you just like little grams here and there? Started with like a couple of ounces. Oh, okay. So only at parks next to high school. Oh, nice. Was it mostly like other students, friends, athletes? No, um, just mostly students. Um, I mean, I purchased it from one place, but we'll travel at least 40 miles away to a different town, where it's further from where you actually live and make the sale. Well, back in the day, like, I would imagine. I don't want to like date you or anything, <laughs> but it was uh, there wasn't cell phones. Everything was like via email. Or how did you would connect with the one like the buyer and the seller would connect back in the day? Would it be back through phones, burner phones, internet? This is like really fascinating to me because like the oh no, just start off just a couple ounces, getting fun it, mm-hmm. you know, to pay out. So a friend of mine that got it for wholesale, mm-hmm. and then um, studio research. There's no phones. Yeah. Couldn't afford it yet, so we went to the park. Near high, high school, pretty much. much. If the kids got out of school, then once they know we're there, you know, every week's the same. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you read the schedule, they know you're there waiting, and they'll come and make the purchase. Mm. And then as you grow, then you have more capital, more money than you could expand. Yeah. Getting cell phones, pagers, stuff like that. How does a pager work? I always heard about it, like, pagers and beepers are the same thing. But like like pay phones are don't even exist anymore, right? Like pay phones just like nobody uses a pay phone. So basically when we it, you know, got our clientele things got busier when we start purchasing pager for me and my partners and stuff like that. They'll text us from their landline in the Hong Kong. Oh you can text? Yeah, just like you use numbers. Yeah. Like for example, back in the days it's like four twenty means they want to leave. Oh, yeah. you, you know, know if they want emergency, they'll put four twenty nine one one. Is it like a like like T nine texting? You you, you no. call you call a number and then more ancient than that. Yeah, because like certain like three digit numbers mean a certain thing. Yeah. It can mean like love, or it can mean like um, like what's your age and date, everything like that. You can get more information yeah. from just a couple digits. Okay. It's just an alert to call back a number, but you utilize the numbers like a seven digit and you just you just call it. 
Okay, was it pricey back then? It was like five dollars a month, ten dollars a month. <laughs> oh, that was cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah, like nine, nine, nine a month. Oh, that's not bad. That wasn't bad at all. We get to upgrade into um, transparent casing with lights. <laughs> Be in the club, and like, oh, I'm popular. I'm getting, I'm getting a page. I'm getting yeah. LEDs before it was LEDs. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then they get upgraded to more like uh, flat three button ties where you can actually tax. Yeah. So. I'm still in awe <laughs> about the technology. I'm more in awe about the older cell phones and how chunky they used to be. I think that's a little the bit bricks, more. Yeah, that was a little bit the more. Zach, some, the Zach Morris phones from Save by the Bell. Yeah, so when we got to wholesaling, we got the bigger cell phones with all like burner phones. So you pay like 500, but it's a limited call. I would even give them, give them one profit, mom. You know, shit like that. Yeah. It's unfixable. And I think they do it by. It's not like SIM cards, it's like now. No, it's not a SIM card. They somehow stole it by signals, you know? And then so, like, basically the person who's actually paying the bill don't realize it's being hacked using their line, you know? Until... So so two phones can use the same phone line, same number? It's like spoofing, right? Yeah, pretty much. That happens so much more now. That's happened to my phone. So what's spoofing? Spoofing is where you mask your phone number with somebody else's phone number. Mm -hmm. oh, um, and so okay. right now there's an issue where like, um, what was the word, telemarketers are spoofing real people's phone numbers in the area. So it looks like, you know, it's Danny calling you, but really it's some sort of like prank call, prank call or like scam. more often than not, it's like a, a um, telemarketer. Scam, okay. Yeah, yeah but you know, it's a burner, so. You get a new one every month, and the contract is 500 for every six months. So they'll give you a new phone every Oh, it's like a biannually, it's not like a monthly bill. Yeah, it's an underground stuff like that. Oh, okay. They have their own business policy, you could call that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, not bad. Yeah. But what kept you going into it, Stuck in, sticking around? Well, that was just temporary, you know, to make money. Yeah. I got kicked out of high school when I was a sophomore. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't want to go to school, didn't believe in the school system. Um, just a way to survive. I have you know, a lot of siblings and stuff. Yeah. So, after that, I stayed in, I went to the Bay Area for like a few years doing other businesses, like black market business. Yeah. And then um, when certain things started dying out, like friends, I went to the Bay Area, we did like um, computer chips, that's like in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. mid to late 90s, big computer chips, um, check frauds, credit card frauds, a um, bunch of other stuff. And then we got my house, and then that's when, you know, you, you, you call them uncles, uncles pretty much like your boss, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, underground yeah. boss. Yeah. People call each other big bros and little bros yeah. in the street nowadays, but uncles. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're a lot older. Because the. Cause cause the the, the older guys back in the days were like the first wave of immigrants that came over from Vietnam and stuff, you know? Yeah. So they needed ways to survive and they start doing like black market stuff and underground stuff. So you have to call them uncles, it's just like a sign of respect thing. It was still like a Vietnamese Asian respect thing. You know, nowadays you don't get that much, it's different now, you know? Yeah. Because it's still the first wave of immigration that came through in the 80s. So you call them uncles, but to the other uncle that I know, is in um, Seattle, he grow weed, or um, he grows weed in Vancouver, because really across from the Bellingham, like really close. Mm -hmm. So when we were looking for a different underground business to venture out, that's how I started, you know, doing bigger things and growing and stuff. Like, I would hike. Me and other guys would hike in a backpack from like Vancouver, BC, into the forest, down to Bellingham, then they'll pick stuff from there. Yeah. But, but then, then there would be another car that would grab that product and we jump in another car for that. Because I'll stuff. Yeah. And you just move up from there, you know. That seems like a crazy adventure just to... It was fun. Like it might, uh, is it to pick up or to get to sell? Both. Because, um, um, you know, back, back then it wasn't legal to stay out in Seattle or Washington yet. But it was legally growing in Vancouver, BC. So they utilized that loophole and they, you know... Just go back and forth. Yeah, because... Back then we get caught with marijuana and like nothing. You know, even with cocaine and stuff, it's like 
a slap on the wrist, like, hey, yeah. get out of here. Yeah, yeah it was fun, though, because, like, I think it was, like, 16, 17, around there. And, um, Lee Lee's uniform at Google BC was, like, 16, so we could go to the casino. Oh, really? Dang. Is it still like that now? I don't know. I was just in Vancouver. I got stories to tell you guys later. Oh, man. It's wild. If it's a word that's story, just say it now. Those bash red girls to shame. So something that I learned is that 35-year-old moms know how to get down and they take no shit. By the way, they twerk amazingly. Secondly, secondly, you don't want to mess with a group of Asian girls after karaoke because you will get destroyed. Oh, you guys going to fight? Yes. Okay, okay. Can't hang out with you guys anymore. So the last night we were there, it was supposed to be the chill night. and We weren't even at a club. We went to do karaoke at a karaoke bar. We were singing like Celine Dion and like twerking upside down and stuff like that for like two hours. Then we were leaving and it was just really hard to get a taxi because it was out of the serviceable area. Um, but there was a big group of us. So we're like hailing down taxis, trying to dance in the streets to get attention. And so like slowly, like we slowly started getting cars to like leave, but it was like 30 minutes to an hour in between. And like other people were yelling at us because we potentially could have taken other people's taxis. We wouldn't have known. Um, but then there was like no Uber or there's no Uber over there. So it's interesting. Um, so one of my, uh, one of the girls, she, she was like stressed out. She's like, fuck it. I'm going to just smoke. So she starts smoking and like a guy from the corner who we talked to earlier, like we gave him a number to that we were calling for cabs. Like we had a short exchange. She didn't seem threatening or anything, but he, she starts smoking weed and he's like, Hey, Hey, are you smoking? Are you smoking the weed? Are you smoking weed? <laughs> what the and she's like, yeah. You, you want some? And then he like disappears with this lady friend and we didn't think anything of it. And then like, the, it looked really cool because it was pouring rain and like the smoke looked really nice. And she's like, hey girl, take, take an Instagram photo of me. I'm like, okay. So one of the other girlfriends was like taking an Instagram photo. In the rain. In the rain. And then like my, uh, my cousin, she's like in the street trying to like hail taxis. And then I'm on my phone on an app trying to like find taxis in the area and stuff. Um, and all of a sudden, this guy comes out, starts charging us, yelling, "Are you still smoking weed?" And starts like getting into my friend's space. What's up with that? And then my cousin, who like, you see her, you're, she's like the most innocent person you'd think of, but like she went, she went, she had a hard time growing up. Did you, do you have any husky friends in your crew? They were all huskies. All the 35 year olds were huskies. All the huskies. So she came over, chest out, stormed over, and was hey, hey. So she like pushed him out of the group and he was like, hey, don't touch me, don't touch me. He was all in her face. As this is happening, like the two taxis come in, which are obviously ours, because we there's five of us girls left and we needed uh, two cars. And then uh, it was one of those moments where like, Quig and I talked about this recently, like, do you freeze, do you fight, or do you flight? And in that moment, I'm like, what is my decision right now? Because <laughs> I was like, wanted to, I walked closer to like get in on the fight, but I also was worried that the taxi would leave. And if that taxi left, but like somebody's gonna end up stranded and that was dangerous. And so I was like yelling for one of the girls, hey, we gotta get in this truck, let's go. I yelled her name and we started running over and I was like backpedaling, trying to make sure nothing was gonna, we get into the car and I felt a little bit more safe and was watching from them. I looked up. You're still going at it? I looked up, so. She had him in like a deadlock, her beanie belt, she shoved him, and then they got in the, the uh, taxi and they were fine. But from what, so after we got met up again, we recapped and she was like, so what happened was, she tried to push him away and then we're, they were trying to get into the taxi and the guy slammed the door of the taxi into one of the other girls and my cousin was like, oh no. And she like decks the guy in the face and then, <laughs> then puts him in the deadlock and whacks at him. And meanwhile, the other, like, stuff's falling out. So one of the girls is, like, grabbing everything. She ends up stealing the guy's sunglasses and hat and throwing no, it in the van. only that you assaulted him, you mugged him. <laughs> Protect <laughs> oh, okay. You know, it's a fine line. Okay. Um, There's something I say, like, I think a lot of pro athletes say this, too. Like, you stay ready so you don't got to get ready. <laughs> so in that instance, you got to be ready. But yeah, that was uh, my last night in Vancouver. Right. We just had a little fight in front of a Korean karaoke bar. Jeez. I can't say I had a fight. I have like watched you a fight. You were fight adjacent. <laughs> fight adjacent. All right. So how did we get here? Let's go back. Let's, trace, let's retrace our stuff. So San Francisco, uh, uncles. Um, 
the, your friend was smoking weed in the street. My friend was smoking weed in the street. But how do we get there? But yeah, it's interesting that you've had this journey at like such a young age. Because for myself, I don't know, I would imagine a lot of people don't get to venture out that much. Especially now, now everybody's even more um, isolated with the internet, with the computers. There's no reason to check out. Like I didn't go to Seattle until like in my late 20s or like mid 20s. So for you to be able to travel, I think that's really cool. Did you feel like it was a very, because it was such a, what's the word? Um, secret enterprise that you felt tight-knit with the people that you were with? Mm, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only trust maybe one or two. Everyone mm-hmm. else is a fine line of trust. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little complicated because sometimes the other side you do business with don't want to meet more than just a certain amount of people. Yeah. You know, so it gets kind of dramatic too. Because like some others that want to get involved didn't get involved or can't. Yeah. It's a lot of like drama, jealousy, you know, stuff like that. So you gotta keep things at bay about just taking care of them too. Yeah. Kind of like bribery. How how was was, uh, racial tension back then? Because I'm sure like now everyone's like more integrated, everyone's more like, if you like the same things, I hang out with you, but I'm sure back then it was like, you this, you hanging out with this, you that, you hang out with that. Did that affect business or in that world? Um, Not so much in Norcal. You know, I don't know how it is in SoCal, but... Um, what was ethnicity back then, like, up there? It was a good mix. Um, the only thing is, you just don't... I hate to say this, you don't do this in black. Because 95% of the time, you get robbed in black. Oh. And you'd rather not to take that risk. So that stereotype came from, like... Yeah, you, know, you don't have a choice. Don't go say something, and you don't want, you know, you don't have to go with Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. You know, you come, come to him and, and say, like, hey, uh, African-American client that wants, you know, half a million dollar water, he's going to say no, no matter what. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's too high of a risk. Yeah. You know, especially for our business. So. Um, what about legalization today? Hold like, that thought. Oh, hold that, my bad, my bad. Check the camera, the battery, and the memory. But it's also great because in that way you can pause. And then Quang loves to make fun of me because his headphones. Really <laughs> and I. The way she puts her headphones on, I'm like, who had put headphones on like that? <laughs> it's just this. You just you just go like this. Same thing. No, it's just like the method of doing it. Like me, I'm like, all right, cool, let's go. Hers like, I don't know how to do it. It's like, <laughs> I jostle in. Well, some people, some people try to be cool and they go downward. Oh, you mean you like, know? like like this? this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Now how that was designed <laughs> um but yeah you can ask the question um any any should any timeline stuff should we get between then and now well there's a lot um so i'm just not quite prepared today no none of us are prepared none of us so, so we're all together just kind of go with the flow and see where this conversation takes us I think so, a question that I have uh-huh. is like, because you've been in the market for so long, when the conversation of marijuana becoming legalized this is becoming more pro- like bigger, um, did it was it a concern for you and the, like all the people that you're with of like, okay, we were gonna get like edged out, or did you see it more as an opportunity? For what, the current market right now, like um, the legalization part before it was legal, like before it was legal, and as it's getting legal, more widespread. Well, I took a big break. Um, I left Cali in 2004, I think. Yeah, around 2004. And then I got back here in 2008, 2009. So like a good four years, huh? About, yeah. And then um, when I got back here, I realized, see a lot of people didn't realize, I didn't realize it either. Even, even though back then I thought it was like really, really illegal, but California actually passed um, call it Senate Bill um, 420 in 1997, but a lot of people didn't get caught on, you know. So, what was that bill? Um, the bill is pretty much allowing um, anybody with chronic illness, mm-hmm. cancer to use um, marijuana oh, for um, medical purposes, for medical yeah. purposes. Okay. but it's more like it's meant for like homegrown stuff, you know. But then, a lot of people that is sick they can't, uh, they don't have the physical ability to actually grow it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think later on in 2005 or so, or 2007, I think, before I got back, they passed um, Proposition 215, 
which is um, another law to allow collective and co-op. So now, let's say you have a group of 10, 100 people, whatever, you know, whoever could grow it, could grow it and then sell it among each other. Well, you're not supposed to sell, but technically you're allowed to get reimbursed for your cost, time, labor, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And that's when, when I got back here, you know, I looked for other jobs and stuff, but it just wasn't my thing, so I started in cannabis again. Yeah. Same, my connections in the Bay Area, pretty much. Just brokering, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, just build up from there, pretty much. Yeah, so for yeah. you, you saw it more as an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, more like an opportunity and advocating. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, the law's already there. It's pretty close to that borderline of legalizing it. Mm -hmm. And then finding out in the Bay Area, there's like a big group that's pushing for legalization. Yeah. So uh, even though I started, I lived down here, but I did business up there maybe just only a few months, you know? Mm -hmm. And then um, the uncle decided to want to expand, but I rather took the expansion myself because since mostly it's my leg work and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. So when you're familiar with the operations, you're like, why can't I just do it on my own? Yeah, and then you know you make business deals, cuts, percentage, you know, commissions and stuff like that. But um, but the end of 2008 down here was very very new still. Mm -hmm. um, that's when you know certain companies just barely started their marketing, you know, web page marketing and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't too many shops dispensers around. Only dispensers around was like more like word of mouth. Yeah. Really, really like cannabis speakeasy type. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to know in order to know what it is, you know. Yeah. And then the value was still higher and all the stuff. So even with less amount of customers, you still could survive, you know. Yeah. Oh, you mean like when you say value, you mean like it costs a lot more and there's bigger yeah. margins. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's so like an eighth nowadays. It's like, you know, it's, it's a little bit lower. You Ooh. know. Oh, it costs less now. It costs less now, but there's but it, certain... But the cost is like more competition and it costs more to make. Yeah, produce. and then there's a lot of politics involved too, you know, like certain groups that want to maintain that cost and then they'll, you know, lobby for certain things, for certain requirements yeah. to keep the price, price higher. Yeah. But then the voters, when they voted Prop 64 in, it's basically main, uh, you know, legalization where they're also hoping that costs will go down. Because mm -hmm. usually when things go legal, it should, the price should drop because now it's not a black market or something so illegal where it's worth more. Yeah. You know, they don't have to go out of the way kind of deal to like obtain something. Same thing like cocaine is too expensive because it's illegal. You know, but let's say if they legalize cocaine, I'm sure it's going to be like 10 bucks a gram. <laughs> way, way, way cheaper. You, yeah. Oh same, man, same how thing. productive you could be with cocaine ever <laughs> 10 dollars I mean, back in the Western time, cocaine was legal. Yeah. Like a bottle was a thought, maybe not much. Yeah. He was also very legal at some point. Like, yeah, it, it's a generate. Every generation yeah. has their has their preference of okay. drugs too. Yeah, because the generation of eighteen hundreds, that's what cured a lot of cold, flus, and everything. It's cocaine like cured it. Cocaine, yeah. cannabis. Oh, I didn't know. I, I had no um, idea. Opium. Yeah. I know yeah. opium. A lot of things. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes was an opium user. There's like same thing with Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Sigmund Freud was opium user. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, each all of them have like their different strengths and stuff too, and the mm -hmm. history. It's a lot of times things become illegal because of racial politics or poverty politics oh, or class yeah. politics. Like, oh, you know, people of this particular skin color or this like or poor people are doing more of this drug, so we should ban this drug and incriminate this particular sect of people. So that's there's a whole his, like history behind that as well. And yeah. money. And money, yeah. You know, um, certain things is worth more, so they will obtain that money to continue operation. Is there a reason yeah. like like uh, marijuana is more in the gray area and cigarettes are not? Because like, uh... well, that's because it's just like she said. It depends on the generation, you know. Yeah. Like um, for uh, us growing up, from what the 1950s until the mid 2000s, it was just brainwashed from certain politicians that it's bad for you. They did like a whole campaign, you know, millions of dollar campaigns back in the Nixon era. You know, and stuff like that. Plus a lot of other things too, like, so the classified marijuana is technically the same classification, but like, for example, hemp, you technically could get a little high, but not too high, Yeah. you know, but hemp's a strong material where we use hemp since the Revolutionary War. To make ropes, yeah. to make clothes, so textiles. So like, you know, once they decided certain, you know, special interests, 
decided that they rather you know promote plastic rubber. That's something in the Vietnam War that a lot of people don't talk about. Vietnam has a lot of rubber trees. Rubber yeah. trees? Rubbers come from trees? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, I'm learning so much today. <laughs> it, it, it involves economic. Yeah. You know, like same thing with the um, uh, Middle East war. It's technically an economic war, but not also a physical war to control oil. Yeah. You know, we started that campaign to obtain oil. I don't know if you notice. Know I mean, I could be wrong, you know, it's just an opinion. Mm -hmm. But like, ever since we had the oil spill in the 80s, in Alaska and stuff, we kill so many of our own land and other stuff. Yeah, that's when I noticed they start venturing out to the Middle East Saudi, Saudi war, and now we we're one of the highest export, yeah. not import. I'm sorry, import of oil from the Middle East to here. And right now, they're and as of a couple of weeks ago, they're trying to limit it. Luckily, mm -hmm. it's only like two to twenty percent, or maybe it's two, and so there was like a huge like frazzle of oil prices last week and everybody's freaking out and then they had a little spike yeah. or freaking yeah. out but honest truth like even trump even knows it and people higher they know that we have one of the highest oil reserve yeah but we're not using that yeah we're using other countries oil and we're making them rich mm -hmm. so what's the point of all this is this so us can be so we can be rich in the future wait for everyone to run out and then like how oh, we got some uh, now it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's all about money and economic and, and control and power, but at the same time, it's also preserving this country. If you think about it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of selfish, but it's kind of like, what but do you do? Is it because those other countries, they don't give a fuck? They're like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's say the Middle East, mostly desert. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down the country, but <laughs> like it's, it's mostly desert and you're getting a good amount of oil, where over here you have so many trees and animals and, you know, population and whatnot. Yeah. So it's a pretty tough decision when you think about it. Yeah, because it, to do build more like refineries or build more mm -hmm. of those you're definitely going to get a lot of pushback yeah and then also there's damage to the environment also damage to people that's um, why you know the oil drilling um contracts kind of slow down but then at the same time that's when fracking became uh, you know yeah. lucrative and then they realized fracking is fucking up the environment here too yeah you know so does afghan kush have anything to do with afghanistan and does it have anything to do with any of this? <laughs> I think Afghan is more based on um, opium. If you notice, the um, opiate situation yeah. started probably like a decade ago. And it's the country with the highest um, production of opium. And that's when um, pharmaceutical companies was tapping more into um, opium to uh, produce pain meds, a bunch of other kind of pharmaceutical medicine, you know? So. Do you see any similarities between the opioid stuff now and the crack in the 90s? Similarities, differences? I don't know. Well, I think crack and stuff in the 90s, it's just a cheaper form. They're just finding a better way to, you know, better margins and stuff. So the crack is really just cut up cocaine, mm -hmm. you know, and adding a bunch of other chemicals to it. That's how crack really is. You know, okay. so um, like same thing with like kind of like marijuana. It's like no one was supporting it at all. Like um, mm -hmm. we were fighting against local cities, municipality to legalize it and whatnot. Try to use state law against them. You know, yeah. um, lobbying and all the stuff. But then when certain special interest group and politician realized how much money this involved, you know, yeah. that's when things got legalized. Because technically it was already legal since 97 and then 2000 something for that. Now it's more like available for the masses. And yeah. Just, yeah. But then it's, uh, it's available for the mass, but only if it benefits certain special interests. Of course. Yeah. Because you notice California tax on that is very high. You know, you're looking at a 20, 30 some percent. And then at the same time, they're making deals with local municipality, allowing them to tax it themselves. Mm. So uh, that 30% and on top of that, they get taxed more? From the local municipality. So you're looking at about, almost like a 45% tax, you know? And then they'll and try to blame like <laughs> certain other groups, like um, they'll, they'll try to blame like black markets. And then honestly, black markets just people. They may just bad apples, you know? Yeah. But there's a majority too that's just black markets, nothing more, but just waiting for people to, waiting for their opportunity to get licensed. Yeah. But then, they're just getting practiced. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, that's also very controlled. Yeah. Do people go from not doing anything, like just one career, like let's say they're a banker and all of a sudden one day they just get a license? Oh, yeah, that's what's going on now. For example, oh, yeah. um, I guarantee you 99% of the people that's licensed for now is from real estate um, mm -hmm. industry. 
brokers and stuff like that. Um, bank. Is there a reason those guys? Is it because they have money? The well, a lot of the a lot of them were doing the whole loan scheme, you know, where things weren't working out. And then the 2008 recession with the real estate market. Oh yeah. Same thing with used car dealership. Used car dealership. Yeah, like I met a lot of used car dealership owners in 2008 to 2010 <clears> that <throat> jumped into the cannabis business. Yeah, especially with the internet now, there's so many ways for people to get you know, cars. I have a couple of friends that work at Fair, there's Carvana, there's a lot of like used car mm -hmm. internet sites now too. Um, and it's really interesting because at the same time, a lot of people who are in those companies, they tell me like, you know, automated cars, self-driving cars is the thing of the future. So people aren't going to buy their cars in like the next decade. Yeah. So it's a dying business is what they say. Yeah, and then we, we live in an age right now where there's a lot of corruptions and a lot of shadiness and stuff like that. So think about it. If you have a lot of multi-million dollar corporation and whatnot, that's the best way to launder your money. It's all cash business. Mm. And it's licensed now. So it's not illegal for them. Okay. So we're, we're the guinea pig. Oh, uh, the you people. Know, the people are the guinea pig. <laughs> it's like living through the wild, wild west of it all. Yeah. Because now it seems like, I've, I've even seen like <clears throat> more companies that are living that or having that tech experience where mm -hmm. it's very colorful. They have like parties and, and really cool benefits and stuff. And it's completely contrasting what, um, what I imagined it would be yeah. like when you were growing up. Um, do you think that, I don't want to say resent, but like, um, do you have any feelings toward that transition at all? Well, the tech got involved with the cannabis too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, everyone's just trying to get the piece of pie. Yeah. You know, greed, you know. Um, same thing with, so like for, I'll give you an example, like for, um, one of the border, border directors that helps making regulations at the state level, is um, also board director of like um, packaging companies, you know, and tech companies. So I could guarantee you right now, you could per there's a lot of cannabis products out there right now, and that happened since 2018. The packaging alone and the printing and everything alone costs way more than the product itself. It's true. I worked in manufacturing. You know? <clears throat> yeah, and then like everyone's just trying to get their piece of pie. That's what it is. But the, the reality of it. The only reason why black market is more because the people itself, like I said, they voted it into for legalizing mm -hmm. and where they could afford it. The people is, you know, nowadays no more, not much middle class, but the people is mostly the lower class. They want to make sure they could afford it. They can't afford licensed product that the package costs more than the product itself. You know? So how much would something cost at a licensed shop versus black market shop? Like say a comparable item um, or a comparable amount? Well, you can't. A comparable amount. Let's say, like, what's the average person buy? Like, a couple grams. Okay, let's like, say like an eighth, right? Okay, an eighth. Let's say a, a good quality eighth. Cut, just call it qual, um, ultra reserve quality. An eighth is like an eighth of an ounce. Three point five gram. Three point yeah. five. An eighth, three point five grams. Yeah. So let's say that in the black market, you could, it depends on you know demographic where where you're at to. Let's say an average is about thirty bucks, thirty five bucks, for a licensed shop. After everything, it's probably like. 65 bucks, 55 bucks, almost double. Mm -hmm. But then it's all because of packaging and everything too. And mm -hmm. I feel it's so wrong with the, how they're being so hypocrite about, so you gotta remember this comes down from the state of California regulation, you know? Um, talking about going green and all the stuff, but the package itself mm -hmm. is causing a lot of issues too. <clears throat> yep. They're not requiring people to use only glass jars, no. They're using like plastics and then a bunch of other bullshit, you know? Yeah. So. Because it's also because it's a very competitive market. I imagine the way an item is packaged is very important to a brand. And so, for example, I went to a party and like everybody got <clears throat> one of the aunties got blunts for um, the birthday boy, and it was like in these nice glass jars with this like super fancy um, match and everything. And I was like, wow, that packaging is definitely way more expensive <laughs> than what's inside the product. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> it's like me and my partner over there, like we. <laughs> Um, the packaging stuff, it does cost more, right? Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, we're currently unlicensed, we've been waiting for our license opportunity for like over, almost two years now, you know? Um, we have no choice but to operate because things were getting too expensive, we can't sit around, wait, wait, uh, and wait for our license, we can't afford it, yeah. you know? Um, you sign contracts with landlords and stuff that you, that you have to maintain and pay for. Yeah. But pretty much, um, with packaging and stuff, what? 
85% customer, they don't like pre-packaging, they don't care. Mm -hmm. So as long, the best way for cannabis itself, and it's proven too, like from 2008, especially for SoCal, okay? From 2008 until 2017, people judge cannabis based on brand, based on quality of the actual product itself. When it gets to packaging, people really don't care. Mm -hmm. You gotta remember, okay, I'm a pothead, I'm not gonna talk down on potheads, but we're lazy. <laughs> we don't give a shit about package. We're just gonna toss it on the floor in a car. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a and sucker then, for packaging. So you, you know where that's gonna go. <laughs> it's just gonna litter everywhere. You know, that's the truth. Yeah. And some people don't really recycle that. They just see it and they just throw it away. So there's a lot of controversy. You know. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to make no biodegradable stuff. No, they didn't, they didn't make no rules about that. But mm -hmm. then um, you know, like certain states, like for example, Washington's is the whole different ball game. Like their packaging laws different. Like, um, it has to be biodegradable. Oh. Same thing with um, nutrients that they use, certain uh, medium that they use to grow the, the cannabis. It has to be biodegradable. You know, so it, it, that's, this is what happens when there's no federal regulation. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it depends. We'll see how things go. But, which I think is kind of weird that Washington came first as legalization, Colorado came first as legalization, and obviously their market works. Yeah. Especially Colorado, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Washington is, yeah, they're biodegradable and stuff, but their their restriction is also aimed for special interest, you know? But like some a state like Colorado, it's kind of it's like a free market. It works. I don't see why any other state wouldn't follow it. Yeah. But because of politics involved, you know? People mm -hmm. want to create their own laws and the regulation. So. kind of want to go back to the last question about like, you know, for potheads, they don't really care about the packaging and what have you. Um, but from your perspective, do you think like the bulk of the market and sales will be from potheads, or do you think it's going to be people who are use it recreationally? Um, I was, I'm not trying to be rude, but like potheads are also includes like people that do need it for medical condition, mm, you know. Totally, yeah, yeah. So um, majority is going to be potheads. Like everyone else is going to try, you know, for mm -hmm. recreational usage, but it's only X amount. Yeah. For our potheads, we actually use it for, you know, PTSD, anxiety, anti-inflammatory, you know? It's our natural way of healing versus um, pharmaceutical. Mm -hmm. And I can say I'm a big example of that. I got addicted to um, prednisone, pain meds, all that stuff, you know? And cannabis helped me get off of it, natural substance, you know? Yeah. So, it just depends. As somebody who has experienced that and have used, has used it for medical purposes as well, do you um, do a lot of users like find one thing, love it, and just use that specific strain and that specific um, weed, or is there still a lot of experimentation for uh, for a pothead? I guess. Um, there's a lot of debate about that because I mean, especially nowadays, you know, a lot of genetically engineered mm -hmm. or people crossbreeding things and stuff. My personal opinion, in my experience, I honestly feel sativa is going to feel like sativa, indica is going to feel like indica. Now, when it comes to hybrid, it really depends on X amount of percentage. You know, like you'll get the effect from a, you know, indica-dominated hybrid or a sativa-dominated hybrid and whatnot, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, then, then there's also ruderalis. That's another type of um, genetic that a lot of people don't talk about. Is that the one from India or is that the one from the cold place? Cold place is it's it's auto-flowering. Yeah. Okay. So what, what, what's the pros and cons about that one from the cold place? Is it just way better, way stronger, tastier? No, you just don't. It's just it's not much research into it, still, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, because those are just mm -hmm. considered autoflower, meaning um, you can't manipulate it. Oh. Okay. It, as long as you feed it, you know, it'll grow and it'll flower no matter what. Does it self pollinate or does it require another pollinator? So, mo majority of it's all feminized already, which mm -hmm. is genetically engineered. Because mm -hmm. usually um, the cannabis background they're technically hermaphrodite plants yeah okay you know so they could read you know they, they, can, probably, they can do themselves they can do themselves, they can do yeah. themselves. You know? <laughs> um but people you know they're able to you know design it where they could split it up for male and female okay stuff like that so that way they could crossbreed and whatnot but i think the crossbreeding and strain wise it's more for yield i feel because so like for example um if you do more sativa dominant hybrid with crossing with indica, you can get a heavy yield and production from it, you know? I would imagine it's also for resilience because like, yeah, um, 
because like for example corn if you grow all the same thing it's more susceptible to disease and getting wiped out and stuff so i think like one of the reasons why uh, cannabis can be really resilient is because it's been like mixed yeah. so many times but then at the same time like majority of the market that and the majority of the c consumers that purchase cannabis flower they purchase mostly indoor product like indoor growing is already manipulated uh environment you know that's true so do you have any pure, wait, 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 like, like, <laughs> you can say your question. Oh, I was gonna say, is there any more pure, <coughs> like, purebreds? So purebreds? I mean, like, there's no way everything's crossed, like, mixed with something else, right? So, is there any <laughs> purebreds? All right, let me when it turns on. Right. Honest truth, that's what, that's what I was trying to say. I mean, I might not say it correctly, but indica itself is a purebred. Sativa itself is a purebred. Any strain name itself. I don't know. So all these fancy names, it's it's just is, honest, is, is it still like just plain old two plants or two strains? It's just I guess that way. It's just a way of um, of the strain identification, you know. But a lot of times, I mean, there's studies out there too, reports from scientists and university that those are all bullshit. <laughs> That's honest truth. For marketing purposes, I'm assuming. Yeah, marketing purposes, you know, like because otherwise it's really just an indica, sativa, hybrid, or root valence, you know. Yeah. Like back in the days, um, before uh, the Vancouver um, cannabis start coming down to the U.S., it was all from Mexico, and they would use um, they would use it came majority of the shipment came from the San Francisco Harbor, and people don't realize it is because um, th that's when um, the fishing industry kind of declined. So owners and stuff start sending their fishermen and the crew down to Mexico to pick up like kilos mm -hmm. and tons. Tons of weed? Yeah, and bring them back up from Mexico to San Francisco. But then after that, they realized, dude, the weed sucks. You know? <laughs> Let's do it ourselves. <laughs> like, there's not seeds and leaves. You know, it's not the actual flower itself, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, they start venturing out to other places. Like, so Vancouver, BC has a different environment. So they notice their growing uh, technique and environment produce a better flower. So back then, you would have, like, everybody wanted BC, but, you know? So was, a, was, a boat, was it outdoor? Is that why? Probably, because yeah, yeah, because now you have that's when indoor kind of indoor growing started. They would go out, and um, when I first learned, we had to go make our own um, what do you call it um, lamp to grow. We get those um, metal highlight um, bulbs, and we'll make our own um, box out of aluminum and um, reflection and everything. Oh man, you're making your own glow lights. <laughs> yeah, back then, because there's no hydroponics store back in the days, you know. So, so, so like for, for Vancouver BC growers. They got better quality because now they're growing indoor where they can manipulate the environment. Yeah. You know? Is there benefits to indoor versus outdoors? Um, you can control temperature, like, I mean, evaporation. Uh, I mean, like indoors, obviously, you can control, but like, is there benefits to outdoor? Like, why would someone want outdoor? Is it more natural? Or is it. Yes, it uh, comes down to preference too, like, and, and, and um, climate, you know? Like, obviously, down in Mexico, it's pretty hot. You know what I mean? Sunlight's good for the plant because it produces trichome, but when, let's say you leave, let's say it's a 10 week. Um, flowering um, genetic and a lot of time if, if it's too mass let's say you have like a hundred acre down in Mexico growing you're not gonna be able to cut all that down harvesting time so it's gonna pretty much age too much where the trichome itself is gonna burst so now you get shitty wheat because it's too hot you know and mm. too much sunlight whereas indoor growing you could actually manipulate it and chop it when you need to and harvest it when you need to and it still have the good amount of THC or CBD or CBN in the trichome yeah you know why do people talk about California weed so much? Because like, if they're talking about California weed, and it doesn't mean someone in Arizona or like Texas can do themselves on the indoor? Or that all thanks to um, the Bay Area and um, Northern California climate. Like um, the growing, like uh, the climate there was good for growing, like just like wine. So like that's where Humboldt came out to be so famous and so popular. Uh -huh. A lot of the cannabis back then. So like, well, it is the fishermen that lost their job and can't fish no more and stuff like that, you know? When they learn, learn growing techniques and everything else from different climate and different people, they'll grow their own. So they migrated north to like Santa Rosa, Humboldt, Mendocino, yeah. where it's more private. And there's federal land that you could hide and grow back in the day. Federal land? Yeah, because you don't want to grow in your own land back in the day. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I didn't grow know, on somebody I, else's I, land. I had no idea how that worked. There's yeah. a lot of hiking involved, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you just spread them out, grow it, and let it go naturally. Do you worry about other people just walk hiking in your area? 
No, I mean, there's certain guys that consider guards, you know, <laughs> armed guns of sleeping out there, like camping. Damn. You know? oh. Yeah, and then that's how, like, um, the cartels, the Mexicans came up too. When, you know, their supply, when people start purchasing less of their product and their quality, they figure out, like, oh, we could do the same. Let's go up to the mountains around there. It has a nice climate. You know? And this was still outdoor at the time. That was still outdoor. That was indoors too, but not a whole lot. Was this uh, the yeah. 90s or 2000s? I would say mid-90s. Mid-90s, and yeah. it got popularized. Yeah. Because back then, that's when you were out here in BC Bud and all that So that's what BC Bud stands uh, for. Yeah. British, British Columbia. Columbia. Uh. Yeah. And they would go by grading instead of strain names, like BC Bud A++. That's like the top of the line. And then BC Bud A+, BC Bud A, you know? Anything you notice outside the country? Like, obviously, if you're here in the North and America, you think about, like, all oh, BC, but California. But let's say you live in Asia or you live in, like, Europe. Like, where do you guys, where do they get theirs? Oh, if you know, I don't know if you know. Well, supposedly, um, they grow their own weed over there, but they would, because the smell of weed is too much to be shipped, you know? So a lot of times, um, other country, that's why where hashes a lot of time come from. They rather um, turn into hash form. Mm. It's easier for shipment. What's a hash? It's pretty much a concentrated form of um, of the trichome. Does it? From, what um, does it look like? Like does it? Is it like a? Is it like a juice? A wax? A powder? Oil? Shreddedness? It's powdery. Powdery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then it depends on quality. Sometimes it can mm. be pretty clear, silverish, or it could be really dark brown to light brown. You know, depends on the strain and stuff like that. Um, any negative health effects? Because people can't be against it unless there's negative health effects, right? Honestly, so far, no. I mean, there's I mean, there's a condition out there that supposedly if you smoke weed, you die, but that's actually not the cannabis itself. It's the condition, mm-hmm. you know? The condition? What do you mean condition? Like a health condition, like an underlying health condition. Oh, so it's like, like you have weak lungs and all of a sudden you inhale smoke? Yeah. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah, or like giving yourself poison, you know, and stuff like that. But... Um, well, anything you smoke, of course, you know, there's a chance of lung cancer, but... Yeah, more people die yeah. from drinking than they do, or an alcohol poisoning, yeah. than anything else. There's still, like, probably, like, less than five people that probably die from cannabis, but then those five are reported as that condition they're discussing. I don't know the names. It's, like, a scientific name. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's like HIC or something like that. I just don't know how to say it. This is so new to me. <laughs> I mean, people, this is a fresh topic. I love it. So, um, I actually... Um, was working in Cambodia and so in Cambodia it's legal to orally consume cannabis so like you can go to a pizza place and ask for like a happy pizza and mm. they'll sprinkle <laughs> some on top um, so yeah two out of the four times I've ever had weed was there <laughs> two out of and, four yeah and it, it was not good <laughs> none of it was with me <laughs> well, none of it was with you they did it in dry form right dry they form kind of like a parsley and they sprinkle it. And yeah, then, you don't get the same effect. Yeah. The taste is different. Is it much weaker? Yeah, it's or, much weaker. So yeah. you like consume a lot more. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, here's another story time. <laughs> oh, <let's hear> it. <laughs> um, <coughs> we got a pizza literally before our flight. And so my friend was like, this is the plan. We're going to get a happy pizza. We're going to get to the airport. We're going to eat it before we go into the airport. And then by the time we're done with security, like we'll just cruise on the plane. And I was like, okay, I don't know, I trust you. So then uh, our, uh, our uh, friend dropped us off and we were eating in the car. And then we go inside the airport only to find that our flight was delayed. Aww. And so we waited around the airport for like two hours. And then I went to go through security and just everything felt like too much. I was like, why are there so many cameras? Oh, man, why is everybody par- yelling at me? Paranoid. I was so paranoid. Anxiety. It was so bad. I already had bad enough anxiety. And I was like freaking out. And then we went through security and my friend my friend just was like chill, I was like feeling so good. And I was like, How are you? Now I'm freaking out. She's like, just let it go. She also has a very much higher higher. She had tolerance than, than I do. do. Um and then we get on the plane and we're not sitting next to each other unfortunately. Our seats are across the aisle, so it's my seat, the aisle, and then her seat. And then I was sitting down and I was like gripping the the handrails and I turned to her, I'm like, Hey, this is like the most intense plane ride of my <laughs> life. And she goes, she looks around. We haven't even moved yet. <laughs> <laughs> haven't taken off. Or? My eyes were just like, oh no. Um, but the way I described it was, 
I love how you said, like, because you don't get the same effect because I was very susceptible to it. Um, you know when movies, when they go into hyper mode or oh, like... Oh, like, like Star Trek or something? So, like, like, everything turned, like, streaks. And I was, like, gripping. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. This is all going to die. And then... Uh, and, um, we need to smoke with you. <laughs> no. Everyone get different no. effects. And then so I put a blanket over myself thinking, like, if it's dark, maybe I'll fall asleep. And then I took the blanket off. And I turned over, and then my friend is gone. So for some reason in my mind, I was like, oh no, she's gone. They took her. <laughs> but I was like, who is they? I was like, wait, they don't, we're not seen together. So they don't know that I know oh, <laughs> that they took her. And I was like, maybe I'll just sit. And I was thinking in my head, like, the strategies of, like, who's suspicious on this plane or who knows what. Wow. And then during this time, she comes back and sits. She's in the bathroom. She sits back down. And then I was like, Tori, I thought they took you. And I was like, I just want to go pee, girl. <laughs> um, but uh, it sounds like a sativa. Yeah, and so there's one part where um, everybody else is asleep on this plane ride, and <laughs> have you guys seen that video, Dave after dentist? No, what is that? I'll play a video clip here. Stay in your seat. You don't? But essentially, um, there's a kid, he's like five years old, he gets his teeth pulled out, and he's on... Um, the laughing gas. The laughing gas. And he's like, is this real life? And then he's like really wheezy and like confused and everything. And all of a sudden, at one point, he gets up out of his booster seat and just yells like, ah! In a plane. No, no, in, in a, ca in a oh, car. Oh, in a car, okay. But like, a part of me literally wanted to do that and just like, Stand up and just go. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I literally got if halfway. You will get thrown off. I got halfway up, and then I was like, "But what if this is real?" <laughs> and I sat back down. And that's how you became a flight risk. <laughs> wow. And I sat back down. Jeez. So um, I don't smoke. I uh, support other people, and I will be the driver. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not for everybody. No. So, so the stuff that I, so when I smoke, I only get like sleepy, relax, or paranoid. So how do I get to those at those good old days when I used to laugh a lot? Like, Wait, what makes sleep? you laugh? Like, relax or sleepy or how paranoid. can you be relaxed when you're paranoid though? No, that's like two two instances, like two different instances. Okay, I either either relaxed and sleepy or paranoid. But how do you get to those days where um back in the day, like you super laugh, like you just laugh? Is it because of the balance between the THC and the well, CBD? Back in the day, it was a lot weaker, so it was like so the weaker stuff made you laugh. Yeah, but then also give you like headaches and stuff. Depends. Okay. You know, it depends on the quality. It just depends. Oh, pause there. <laughs> I don't. I don't get those good laughs anymore. Maybe you're just too like, much. Maybe. Maybe you're slow just, down. Like maybe yeah. you're more real now. Maybe. Like, see, that's another thing I'm trying to research into, and me and my partner discuss it. Um, we both. Right, you agree, right? Where. Um, genetically. Male and female, I think it hits us differently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of people might not agree with me, but dude, from my experience and from what other people I talk to, female have a higher tolerance than male when it comes to cannabis, especially with edibles. It's like, but also, I you know? don't like a lot more women like go buy marijuana products more than men too, or is it just mostly men? Women Majority, men. Yeah. But I will say yeah. that um, more women um, have chronic pain and chronic illnesses than men do, yeah. I think. Well, why is that? Do they have like different health risk? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is different because there is a study that just, a uh, report just came out that um, the whole myth about cannabis killing out your sperm is actually false. So yeah. for male, because so it's a true fact that our, our body, uh, male or female, our brain, repro reproductive system, our nerve, there's um, cannabinoid that's inactive. So what, you, what happened when you, um, in, you know, use um, cannabis or even CBD, it activates that cannabinoid. So like for example, um, it actually helps produce more sperm from male. But then if it's too much too, it's not good. We well, you know, have to have a balance, right? Mm -hmm. But um, there's a report that states that um, cannabis use for male, it helps be reproductive. You so know? if you're trying to get kids, just smoke a hell of weed. I wouldn't say hell, <laughs> but it's good to smoke weed because supposedly it activates that cannabinoid mm -hmm. down in the male um, reproductive organs yeah. to produce a lot more sperm. 
So, because uh, even Snoop Dogg's son got a football scholarship, so his sperm is extra strong. <laughs> so he played for UCLA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which, by the way, did you see that he was in a, a Vietnamese music video? Oh man, <laughs> I showed it. To that's him. one of the wildest music videos I've seen. They must have paid him a good amount of money to do it. Probably. I gave him a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah, he was smoking the whole time. It was great. <laughs> yeah. he, he probably had a lot of creative uh, control in that video. But yeah, what's well, next for you? Still fighting the system. <laughs> you know, trying, I mean, to get, uh, trying to get licensed. Yeah, I'm trying to get licensed and hopefully open up doors and opportunities for everyone else beside the one percenter what's the license process is there tests is there documentation or is it like cost so this they'll set regulation and whatnot right but then again let's say this so for california itself um there's a state level of um, regulation application process but then in order to even get license from the state you got to get approved from your local government Mm -hmm. you know but the state of California decided to give the power to the local government to decide yes or no. Yeah. So then they create restrictions and all the stuff, you know? Um, I'm gonna say it's, it's corrupted. All you need is money, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, get, some, get a good amount of money and hire lobbyists that is connected, mm-hmm. you'll get your license. So what's the minimum amount of money? Like a couple million bucks? Um, how much do you guys spend to like, all right, this is a for sure amount to get licensed? Supposedly, the fee itself for corruption is up to half a million, and they're not counting your operation costs, build-up costs, and everything else. But technically, for example, without all that BS, um, the state can still regulate it and keep an eye on it to make sure things are right, you know, mm-hmm. and collect the tax. It was more of a free or fair market, where it technically only costs maximum, maximum $150,000 to open a dispensary. You know, but you can even get away with fifty thousand, more like a, mo- a small mom and pop type shop. Mm-hmm. You know, but they don't want that because right now what they're doing is they're creating value. So when you restrict licensing, um, when you restrict any type of licensing, it creates a value because now it's more rare. Yep. So right now what they're doing is they're gaining capital funding from uh, investors and whatnot. You know to survive the market. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of debates out there and people are gonna probably disagree with me, but I'm basing off of my experience, what I went through, you know, and then my opinions come from my experience. Yeah. You know. So I'm not saying I'm right, it's just what I went through. <laughs> you know? I'm not staying your age up there, but you're you have a good I'm amount 40. of okay. <laughs> a good amount as long as I don't have a face to an age. Yeah. But you have like a lot more life experience than most so I'm sure like a lot of like 18 to 21 year olds like hey it's legal now let's go start a store let's go start one yeah so that's the sad thing like a lot of them do get excited about it they want to jump in but guess what when they jump in they realize all like what the fuck yeah you- then that's what's going to lead them because now that they're invested mm-hmm. with their own personal money and their friends money and their parents money whatnot right they're investors so now it's going to steer them in a different direction that might create a bad product yeah you know like the blame has to be come from somewhere, and a lot of people out there are just blaming at each other versus the actual cause of it. Mm. Same thing with the vape situation right now. Yeah, because you've you seen know? it before and after the quote-unquote legalization. So the weird thing is, right, from 2008 to 2016, before any like real regulations of licensing and permits and control and restrictions, um, besides like we keep on getting raided and we reopen all that stuff, and just fighting the system to legalize it, there was no issue. Zero. Besides, mm-hmm. like, the state, well, no, not, not, not the state was actually supporting us during that time. Yeah. Besides the city saying, like, no, we don't want you here, and they will come and shut us down. We were like, okay, we'll fight it, we sue them, and then we reopen yeah. and whatnot. But there was I, no issue. I wonder if one of the reasons why prior it was basically, because you can go on the idea of like, it's legal for people who need it for medical conditions. So like, if you're mm. reading this, you are basically hurting people who need this, who yeah. need this for a pain. But I think now that it is for, people can use it for recreation, now it's more, a bigger target because it's like, oh, it's for fun. Yeah. Therefore, like, we don't need it, it's not a necessity, but there still are people that need this. That's true, day. I agree. Yeah. And then like, at the same time, things are more organic too. You know, like you're getting edibles that's cooked from butter and oil and stuff like that. And then 
now you get other um, you know self-interest group of different industry coming in you know yeah that's not fully fully regulated by the federal government mm -hmm. it's just a state where it could be corrupted and lobbied yep you know so mm -hmm. like devices for a vape could be dangerous we don't know that you know they're mm -hmm. adding extra stuff whatnot batteries from china yeah a lot of things explode that's a lot of things yeah yeah back then it's just literally just all flour basic edibles hash, beef, <laughs> just all organic, and basically. I, and I feel like also when you have more mom and pops and small individual, or I would say craft mm -hmm. <laughs> cannabis creators, like you, you end up with a much more vibrant product, more variety, and much more experimentation. Mm -hmm. um, but when if you leave it up to just like 1%, everybody's just going to copy each other and it's going to be just the same stuff. And then we'll end up like with corn where it's the same thing mm -hmm. and we get the extinction so of like our stream. Is there extinction of corn right now? There was... Well, there was once where we were on a brink of ex okay. like extinction yeah. of corn because we just kept using the same specific strain and then mm -hmm. it, disease. The other, the other corns died? Or? So what they ended up doing was, this is the story I was told. Um, scientists went around the world with a picture of a corn asking like people, was. like, have you seen this plant? Oh, <laughs> and then they um, found one, I guess. It was like these school kids were like, yeah, we saw it at this fence. And it's like this tiny, tiny, like, ancient version of a corn and they took it back to them and they like broke up its dna and then put their dna into like the american corn so that we so that it's more resilient mm -hmm. so same thing with bananas yeah you know, bananas probably go extinct really it's a south it's of south america right mm -hmm. yeah but there's like someone controlling it was just one specific strain yeah oranges even yeah. in orange county they had to take out all of our citrus trees like the city came mm -hmm. in and pulled up all the citrus trees because there was like some sort of um, disease that was killing all the citrus plants. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with mom and pops, at least they're able to, you know, create a product that's safe and it's good for the consumers, right? Mm -hmm. So now everybody else is based on just corporation and whatnot. They're, they're using regulation more of a loophole mm -hmm. or restriction because now mom and pop can't afford those fees, you know? And then the thing with corporation and stuff is like, they're after the market share versus creating a good product. Yeah. You know, whoever has the highest amount of market share, or a good chunk of market share, you get a lot more money. Yeah. That's why it's going on in the cannabis industry right now. They're fighting for market share. Uh, so those companies like Budweiser's, Miller Lite, why aren't they selling stuff or growing their stuff or marketing? They actually might be. They might be. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you have to go look like, into what they're working um, on. Before legalization, those kind of companies were actually against it because they were afraid people would stop drinking and they would go for cannabis instead. So those people, were, a lot of sometimes with pride, you know, they might not move forward with it. But then there's companies like Blue Moon that are already looking into that venture in um, Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, Philip Morris and them, they already bought up like hundreds of acres up in NorCal. It's just, the state of California is the biggest market, right? So um, they were waiting for this market to jump in. Um, a lot of the, other ones were just slowly, you know, but like California, they wrote a regulation where corporations are not allowed to get into 2025, but there's loopholes where a corporation can already get in right now. Yep. You know, regulations are nothing more, but it's not for us. That's the truth. Yeah. You know, I mean, the board of directors and whatnot, committees and stuff, why do we need that? You know, like, um, you, the people voted a law to pass a law. Now it's the state job to regulate it, you know? Creating a regulation department, I get it, but for committees and another regulation department, now wouldn't you think it's better to utilize that money for safe product and ensuring safety and stuff? Yeah. Per, instead of a few million dollars towards a, this committee, that committee, and that committee. Yeah, we don't know where they're spending that money. Yeah, regulation should be about protecting the people, not yeah. protecting other people's interests, yeah. The, 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 the regulation itself is very challengeable, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. There's a debate out there, like for example, they shouldn't even be taxing cannabis because it's actually an agriculture product. Under the California Constitution, it's actually like number two or some shit. Agriculture cannot be taxed. You know, but there's argument is that because it's illegal under federal law, yes, but then the actual product itself, the agriculture is grown in California. It's not something illegal under federal law where it's grown somewhere else where it's brought in. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's still considered agriculture of California. It's just their way of taxing. Mm. There's a lot of politics involved, you know? So, and it's a new industry, so, you know, people are people that don't take advantage. Even yeah. people up, uh, higher up don't take advantage of it, you know? There's no way of tracing those cash flow. Yeah.
You know, they claimed they were going to start a tractor trace system, but they didn't track it. They didn't declare. They don't have the money to monetize it. You know, because servers and this and that cost a lot of money. But even that doesn't even work. Like Colorado, um, Washington, their server for the track and trace system, you know, belly flop. Mm. It didn't even work. Is it that software you're talking about? Like the software mm -hmm. that tracks like how much is sold, how much inventory you have. Yeah. Sure. It's like report it, like taxes yeah. type of thing? Yeah, mm. from, from sea to sell, uh -huh. you know? It's more of a campaign marketing strategy, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Starbucks did that with their bean, <laughs> bean to cup. Yeah. Oh, this next election that's coming up, the end of uh, Donald Trump's first term, do you think this will affect cannabis in any way, this next term, or is it kind of like just continue to run its course, regardless of a Who gets president? elected president? I think it's hard to say. I mean, regardless of the president is against it or not against it, um, yeah, it helps. But like, for example, even right now, there's a lot of people complaining about the whole vape situation mm -hmm. right now, where yeah, it's not all cannabis. It's like half of it's also from e-cigarettes, like Juul and whatnot, you know. Mm -hmm. But they're saying because the FDA is not regulating cannabis, that's causing this issue because the state regulation doesn't mean it's safe. Even the FDA themselves say that, you know. Just because the state regulate doesn't mean it's safe, you know. So you never know. It could go to a lot of different direction because it doesn't. It might not even do any with an election. You know, if the people get tired of it, they speak up. Things can happen. You know, like um, after the, this whole incident, why the FDA say, okay, look, we can, we're gonna talk with the DEA. Cause the DEA is actually loosening up. They're actually allowing more research now. Yeah. You know, so all they need to do is move that schedule, and the FDA is gonna be like, okay. Um, we're gonna regulate it now because now the schedules move, so we're legally to regulate it, mm. and that has nothing to do with election. You know, but the, of course the state and the local they do not want, um, and especially interest they do not want federal regulation. They want federal uh, banking regulation, you know, but I don't think they really want the actual business itself to be regulated under federal, yeah. because now they lose their freedom of control. Yeah. You know, federal regulation is a lot better than state and local. I guarantee you that. You know. It's more fair, I feel. Um, any message you want to tell the people? <laughs> like any like general advice, advice or any plugs, anything you want to advertise, market. Um, stop letting the old people run run the country. <laughs> the kids are our we're, future. We're the survivor, you know. Their time's up. Uh, register to vote. Uh, I've been seeing that everywhere lately, so you guys should register to vote yeah. and vote. Mm. Um, I think we'll sign, do a sign-off, yeah? This is sign-off. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast, Beautifully Alpha, and to our mystery guest, a.k.a. possibly Tony. <laughs> My name is Quang, and this is... Danny Fan. And thank you for listening. I just want to tell you guys to stay beautiful. And stay alpha. Thank you for listening. Yay! You did it! Thanks, dude. It wasn't that bad. Appreciate it. That was actually really cool. Especially Sorry, I was not prepared. None of no, us were like, prepared. Uh, we started slow, but we got like some momentum. That was pretty good. I loved it. Oh.